Welcome to Enlightenment of Change with Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Here's Connie. Welcome to Enlightenment of Change on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks so much for joining us this week. So here's the deal. I know when change is thrust upon us, we kind of do the yikes. And when we choose change, it's a little bit easier to navigate. No matter which direction your change is happening in your life, whether chosen or thrust upon you, I have a free gift for you. If you go into the show notes, you'll see my uh, free communication style assessment. It's my gift to you. You'll get two reports. One will spotlight just your natural superpowers, how people perceive your message when you communicate. Very good to know. We want to leverage our strengths. Flip side. You'll get a report on your lowest score, which sometimes I think is even more important for us to understand because it's a blind spot. So who are you communicating with that speaks or communicates opposite of you? And how is your message landing with that? So no matter where you are in your career, your life, I think communication is kind of important. So again, that link will be in the show notes. It's my gift to you to help you navigate your road or journey on change. Now, my motivational quote, which I like to start with to set the stage or the tone of what our topic is for today, and the quote is by Catherine Ponder. And Catherine says, what you notice, give attention to, talk about, get all worked up over emotionally is what you are inviting into your life, whether you mean it or not. And wow. So for me, this quote struck a chord. It made me pause and think about why choosing the right mindset every day is critical for us to live the life of passion and emotion that helps us navigate and frame our life from a place of choice, not a life by default. And I think this is such an important topic today because mindset is where it's at. And we really have you only have control of your mind. I don't know about you. So let's let's talk about that today. And my amazing guest is Jennifer Keeble. Now, Jennifer, she helps clients see how they navigate obstacles, the quality of self of self-talk that uh and and after a perceived failure uh affects all areas of their life and their ability to show up in their most powerful form. The reality is you are human, amen sister, and you will show up with a different energy and motivation most mo- motivational level every day. Jennifer guides exhausted corporate women, uh, men and women to reclaim their calm, discover inner well-being, and find deep-rooted happiness. So please help me welcome my amazing friend and guest, Jennifer, mm-hmm. to the show. So Jen, thanks for being on. Thank you so much, Connie. It is such an honor to be here. And everything that you have even said up to date these last two minutes have highly resonated with me. <laughs> I I knew we were going to have a good show because, yes. you know, I'm sales, right? I'm, I'm all business, but there's mm-hmm. this woo side of life that if we don't understand it, our business, our career, our family, our it, it's impacted and we only have power over self. So shows like with, with guests like you who are brilliant in what you do in this world, right, of mindset and shifting mindset and making these really hard choices and that you play with corporate men and women, we're stressed out, man, but there's a better way. And that's really what we're going to talk about um, today. So I'm excited for today's show. Like this is, this is my jam. This show is my passion (laughs) uh, because I think life is life and change is hard. And I Mm -hmm. hope, I always hope my guests and I provide that insight to help us navigate change again from wherever we are, right? Give ourselves grace 
but there's some guidance that we can have on the back end through our conversation today. So I'm excited always about that. I'm very excited too. Yes. So my first question, could you provide an explanation of, because you hear this all the time, imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and share just some tangible signs that really indicate that someone might be grappling with it. We've all heard it. Let's define it. Let's ground it. And let's give some examples because that's really where people can learn and grow. A hundred percent. And to be quite frank, imposter syndrome is something that I struggled with for a long time. And many of us do. High achieving men and women are the most likely to experience imposter syndrome. Mm. So let's just start there, right? But what is it? It's that persistent self-doubt or that fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite everything that you've accomplished. So it's that feeling where you're constantly comparing yourself against your colleagues, against other people, maybe your friends, maybe family members, and always seeing them as better than, always seeing yourself as not quite making the cut, wondering how you actually got the job in the first place, wondering how you got that promotion. You know, another way of thinking about it is it's that fear of other people finding out or sorry, that fear of other people thinking about you in the same way you think about yourself, right? So, you know, those thoughts that we sometimes have where it's like, I don't deserve this job. I don't deserve this salary. I'm not educated enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not knowledgeable enough. It's that fear that other people are going to think those same thoughts about you. Well, so as you were describing that, I'm like, check, Check, <laughs> check and check, right? We all face it. And right. it, it was funny. I, I had hired someone uh, during COVID. I was doing a workshop and it, it, it didn't go very well. And mm-hmm. it just how I organized. I had never done this alive on digital, right? On Zoom. I had never done it before. So it was really, I was very steep on the learning curve. Mm-hmm. And my coach said, why don't you talk to this gentleman, Jim Nysonger, shout out to my good friend there. Anyway, he helped me reformat and I ended up getting a lot of signups into my program. And it was funny because as he and I were meeting so that he can help me refine the copy and and how I was delivering the messaging and stuff and just organizing it, tightening it up a little bit. At one point we hung up and he texted me and he said, do you know how good you are? Mm. And I was so taken back, Jen. And I, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, you live and breathe this stuff in your bones. He said, I asked you a question and you give me examples and stories. And he said, there's so much richness, so much knowledge. He said, please stop and pat yourself on the back. You're amazing. I cried. I was like, like he saw me, but not as I didn't see that in me. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I'm struggling. People are going to see I'm a fraud. I have 40 years of experience. And when he said that, I thought it is in my bones. I do know what I'm doing, but how many times do we backslide, Jen? And I think I'm not good enough. They're better than me. The comparophobia, we all do it. So everybody listening, we're human and we have to give ourselves that grace. But here's the thing. We need to turn down the the volume of that record player and say, no, 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 not today, right? Not today, ego, that you're you're putting me down or I'm putting myself Mm -hmm. down, Mm -hmm. right? There's a better way. So that I am excited because you have it. I have, you probably are better control because this is your world, but I struggle. I struggle with imposter syndrome for fear that people are going to find me out. What are they going to find out? Like, I know, I know what I know. Right. (laughs) And, and here's the other thing too, which I think is important. If I don't know, 
I openly admit it. I go, that is not my world because I never want to disappoint anyone, but I don't want to mm-hmm. disappoint myself mm-hmm. by not over delivering. Right. So I think that also helps keep us from being coming an imposter by right. not saying, oh, sure, I could do that. Not my world. I will yeah. openly tell you, not my world, not my jam. I have people I could introduce you to, but mm-hmm. not this is not for me. So next question, Jen, how does imposter syndrome contribute to an unhealthy work-life balance and just an unsustainable way of living um, because it's, it happens. We, we are all facing it. And when we have that derogatory rhetoric resonating with us, it's that ripple effect, right? It's affecting us outwardly as well. So, you know, what, what do we do? What, what contributes to that unhealthy balance? Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because it is a huge ripple effect, even greater than what most of us will realize. So what it looks like is those feelings of inadequacy, Mm-hmm. then turning into an aim for perfection, right? Because we want to prove our value. We want to prove our worth. And it's this feeling of inadequacy, the trying to prove of our worth, the trying to aim for perfection that leads to unsustainable behaviors, such as working long work hours, mm-hmm. taking on more than what we can actually handle, right? We're saying yes, even though we want to say no, We're taking on projects that would actually be better suited by delegating them, right? And then in return, this has, it's a cyclical event, right? So despite us feeling inadequate, despite us continuing to show up and proving ourselves, it doesn't go away. It actually perpetuates, right? And it turns into other things. These long work hours turn into a lot of stress, anxiety that affects our sleep, right? You hear more people now than I feel like ever before talking about how they're struggling with sleep because the level of stress and anxiety are so high, right? That also the long working hours, that stress, that feeling that we always need to work can cause us to also self-sabotage from an eating or a, a health standpoint, right? So we're not eating as much as we could be, or perhaps we're eating more, or we're not eating the right types of food. We're not moving our body in a way that actually gives us the energy that we need to sustain the life that we're creating, right? All of that then perpetuates into difficulty focusing. We can't think clearly, There's inhibition of creativity because when you're stressed and you're anxious, you're tired, you are not thinking creatively, Yeah, right? That leads to overwhelm, in some cases, burnout, broken relationships. Like right right now we're talking about in the United States, 50% of marriages end in divorce, Yeah, right? This is one of those causes when you don't give your partner the time that you initially honored you would give them because you're delving into work. They don't feel loved anymore, right? Our relationships with our children, our family members, our friends, they start to get farther apart. And then that creates more stress, more anxiety. We're not showing up clear in the workplace. We're snappy, perhaps at our colleagues, our loved ones. It's a vicious, vicious cycle. And it's very unsustainable. And dangerous. It's dangerous, dangerous. to our health through all of the things you just said. Here's the other thing I see leaders do often, and you you mentioned it briefly, mm-hmm. but that I could do it faster than you, better than you. Mm-hmm. So you know what? It's just easier for me to do it, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it. And then it, it shows everybody how hard I'm working. And here's the reality. You can't because when you don't delegate those things that you can't, some things we can only do. Okay, mm-hmm. own that. But mm-hmm. the things we can delegate, as soon a couple of things happen when we delegate. 
Number one, it frees up our time so that we can grow and maybe do more strategic things or more impactful things instead of getting stuck in the weeds of whatever the task is. The flip side to that, now your employees feel empowered and worthwhile and appreciated by you. And then what happens to their skill level, you challenge them to grow to the next level. They get promoted. Now the organization's like, what is Connie doing? All of her employees are always getting promoted. What is she doing in there? She's productive with her own work and she's she's building these other people, but we're, I'm just going to do it because it's faster. It's just easier if I do it myself because we're in that overwhelm Mm -hmm. that you described. So then now we're backsliding and and taking on even more where if we just delegated that and trained someone, right, whatever that amount of time is, that then we could take it off of our plate. So these are self-inflicting things. And listen, I've been down this road as you were describing. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh huh. (laughs) We've all been there, but what I I need to identify that I'm doing it before I can move forward with a strategy to change it. So I think that self-diagnosis as you were, you were going through those like kind of line items, Mm -hmm. anybody of the listeners are saying, holy crap, I have three quarters of what she just said. Self-evaluate. That would be, you know, where we have to start because you can't make a change until you understand what you're doing. And and here's the thing too that I, I tell my clients that I work with is don't beat yourself up. Like have grace. Say, mm-hmm. okay, I've been I've been messing this up. Great that I've identified it. What do I, what can I do now to change it? But now you're in a position of power, right? Choosing to change what I started my show versus it being thrust upon me where I'm getting fired because I can't live up to the expectation or my manager's breathing down my neck because I'm in overwhelm and I'm chaos all the time, Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Whatever that ripple effect is. 100%. It's yeah, a huge ripple effect that just keeps coming back, right? And it's yeah. it's and that's the thing what you brought up at the beginning of the show is that imposter syndrome although we may all experience it, it's about managing the symptoms. And that's where you will notice the difference in how successful you are and how successful you are in managing the symptoms. Yeah. Well, it's like fear, right? We all have fear. People go, yeah. oh, no, I have no fear. It's nonsense. We all yeah. have fear. You're human. <laughs> it, you're yeah. human. The thing is, okay, you have fear. Do you move forward in spite mm-hmm. of the fear? That's the courage, right? Yes. But fear is never going away. So to think that I manage my fear, well, fear is there. Are you courageous with your strategic steps forward or whatever? So it's the same thing. We all have mm-hmm. some level of imposter syndrome to think, oh, I, I don't suffer from that. I, I find that very hard to believe, especially for people who are overachievers. Yes. I think that we we're human and we just question ourselves all the time. Like, it, and the other thing too, Jen, I don't know if you've seen this, people say to me, they'll ask me a question and I'll answer thoughtfully, but I'll answer. Mm-hmm. And they think, how'd you know that? And I laugh. I think you just started your sales career five years ago. I'm 40 years in. So <laughs> if, if, if I don't have an answer and I'm teaching you, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But additionally, I don't know where it came from. This could have been an experience for 20 years ago. Yeah. So you have all of this experience that we bring to the table. Yet I think, well, doesn't everybody know that? And the reality is, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. But we, again, we second guess and we minimize our knowledge by mm-hmm. thinking, well, doesn't everybody know that we have to stop this because we're good, like shine brighter if you can. And by, by delegating and, and, and helping our employees get better, it just, everybody wins. hundred percent. Yeah. What, what are some of the hardest lessons you, you know, had to learn that, Again, if without being too personal, but mm-hmm. that you'd like to share in order to prevent others 
from just having that same experience, right? If we can learn from each other, we mm-hmm. can maybe not avoid everything, but avoid certain uh, pitfalls. A hundred percent. So I went through two big burnouts in my life, all at too young of an age because of um, the belief system I had. Right. Mm. So my last one and my biggest learning lesson was I, I'll just describe the scenario a little bit. I had two boys under three years of age. I was in the corporate world. I was working as a project manager for a general contractor, running multi-million dollar projects. And for me, I was not willing to allow my career to be jeopardized by Mm. personal life. So I was showing up and I was showing up strong and I was constantly accomplishing and producing and doing all the things I needed to do. And I would come home and whatever leftover energy I would give to my two boys, my poor husband got whatever was left over. Well, I got nothing, right? I got nothing, but I just kept going and going and going. And I started realizing like, I'm feeling really tired. I'm feeling really miserable. I need to put, start putting in some self-care. But the thing is, is I waited far too long. Mm. And the one day when I was putting in some self-care, it just all hit me. It was like a brick of walls I had never felt before in my life. And there was just, I'm okay getting personal because I think that's part of what growth learning from each other, but I just had the greatest breakdown and I saw myself acting in ways I didn't think I was ever capable of. I felt things I never thought I was capable of feeling and not in a good way. And at the time too, I was that imposter syndrome, that comparison, that not knowing that I was enough was too afraid to admit it to anybody else. Mm. Not my sister, not my mom, not my best friend, not the doctor, not anyone. You know, my husband saw small glimpses of it because we lived in the same four walls, but even he wasn't given the privy of it all. And so the learning lesson from that story for me is that if we want to create like incredible success, which is what I wanted to create, we can't wait until there's a breaking point to implement self-care in order to create sustainable success. Self-care needs to be a part of our regular regimen, not something that's once a month, right? Not two, like two weeks of holidays a year. And we think that's going to get us going for the rest of the other 50 weeks. Cause it's not Mm-mm. right. Self-care needs to be non-negotiable. It needs to be a proactive thing that we implement so that we can achieve success today and every day moving forward. Right. And from that same thing, it's, it was also learning that if I didn't find a way of changing my thoughts at a subconscious level, I would fall into the same patterns again yeah. because they were all built along a belief system. And so for me, I would say that that was my biggest learning curve as an adult. And, you know, I, I think women and listen, my, my husband's amazing. And he was through when my kids were growing up, he was an amazing partner from mm-hmm. that perspective. Like it was really a 50, 50 split. But still, I think women, we think we have to be super women and yes. we're taught, well, you can't have it all. And I thought, I'm going to show you, I can have it all. And mm-hmm. it's funny. I had a similar, not, not as um, crazy as yours, but I remember my, I had two little ones at home. I had just started my business and my uh, older son was starting preschool and we went through a co-op. So you had a mother help, the dads had to paint the gym, you know, outside the the playground stuff. So it kept the costs down, which I loved because I wanted to be very hands-on with their mm-hmm. academics as well, because education for in my world is important. Mm-hmm. So I remember driving home from the meeting for the moms 
and I could feel as I was driving, I have, you could say I have nails and um, I was digging, holding onto the steering wheel with such strength. I literally cut my hands. By the time I got home, I pulled in the garage and I just sat and I don't cry. I'm not a crier. I'm like, there's problem. Let's figure out the solution, right? I'm like, pull up your bootstraps and go forward. And I remember pulling in and feeling so overwhelmed, so lost, so not prepared. And mm-hmm. I burst into tears crying in the car. My husband pulled in and he's like, what the Like, why isn't she coming in? And he opened the garage door. Now I'm in a puddle of tears and he knows I don't cry. And he thought something really bad happened. She's dying. Something right. right. It's happening. Yeah. And he opens the door and I just looked at him and I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know. I don't know. I kept saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he's like, what's going on? And then I reiterate, come inside or compose myself. And I went through they weren't asking these great demands of me, but when you have a packed schedule where you don't have a minute to breathe and you're just about sleeping, and now I have to fit in something else, the overwhelm was so intense that I thought like I shouldn't be a mom, like I'm a crappy mom and I'm a crappy business owner and I'm a crappy everything. And, and my husband, it was so cute. He said to me, what can I do and take off your plate? And it's a true story, Jen. And he said, I said to him, can you do the laundry and food shop for me? I, I just, I can't fit it all in. And he's like done to this day. Mm-hmm. This, that was about 20 something years ago. He's still yeah. got the laundry and food shop. Yes. <laughs> Good man. But, but I, I really understand what you're saying. And, and, and as everybody's listening to this, have you had that moment where you think I, I am not, I am just not good enough. And I am the epic failure of what a mom shouldn't be, or what a business owner shouldn't be, or whatever role in your life. So we're not alone. I guess that's the good news. Yeah. Right. You're not alone. And there's something that we can do about it. It doesn't have to be all consuming. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. What are some of the practical strategies or techniques that individuals that you teach that individuals can use to address really, really overcome this imposter syndrome so that we can create, I know, work-life balance. It's really a work-life integration. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're busier at work. Sometimes you're busier in life, depending on what's going on. So it's a give and take. But how do we create that that semi-balance, if you will, and and really park that imposter syndrome? Yeah. Well, I'd say it, number one, it starts off with getting serious, right? Getting serious about actually moving beyond the toxic beliefs and the unsustainable lifestyle. So often we say, Oh, you know, I want to, I want to create balance and we do it for a day or two or a week. And then we slide. That's not serious. That's not real commitment. Yeah. Right. You need to seriously commit first of all, if you want sustainable change and sustainable success. And then two, it's about getting curious right? Getting curious about our own contribution to this toxic way of thinking, to this unsustainable life. And so when I talk about getting curious, it's like one of two ways, whatever whatever way the listener is going to um, relate with more. One is think like a three-year-old child, right? If you've been around any three-year-old, they ask a lot of questions. So how can you become as curious as a three-year-old or scientists, they are always looking to improve. They're always curious. They're always wanting to learn more and asking why things are happening and how this got to be. How can you be and think like a scientist, right? About your own circumstances. So that's two. 
Number three is really about fostering self-compassion. And Connie, you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but so much we spend time like loving other people and treating them with utter respect. And we talk to ourselves in a completely different fashion. What if you talk to yourself like you are the person that you love most in this entire world? Let me tell you, your thoughts would be completely different. And when you can start to embody that way of talking to yourself, your entire life shifts. And so a beautiful way to do that at the end of each day, grab a piece of paper, grab your journal, whatever you want to grab, but grab that paper, grab that pen and ask yourself, how could I show myself more grace today? Mm. Or next time I run into that scenario, if there was one particular scenario where you're really beating yourself up, what would it look like to show myself more grace next time? Right? That's a big one. And I think that we're really good at loving others and supporting others Mm -hmm. and giving to others. And we, we deplete our own tank of gas energy, whatever, whatever stamina that we have, um, because I'll worry about that tomorrow, worry about me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard one. And, and especially I find for uh, new moms and new dads, because now you, you had your career, which was the focus of your life. Well, each other, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage or, or partners, whatever. So you, you have each other, but then your career is the biggest focus, right? At night, what do you talk about? How was your day? How did right. so-and-so, how did your meeting go? We're talking about work. Then you have kids and it becomes all about kids. And all of a sudden we, we really lose ourselves. And I'll just share with you. Very funny. My husband and I talk a lot and well, I talk a lot. I make him answer a lot. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? He's the quiet one, right? There's only so much airtime, but I do ask him a lot of questions. And I remember having my own revelation after my first son was born. Right. And I was going back to work and I literally had the thought of, holy crap, he's not the center of my world anymore. My husband Mm-hmm. This baby is. Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting down. I'm very, I have no agenda ever. So if I have a thought, my husband knows it's going to come out of my mouth. Yeah. I remember we were in bed that night and I go, I have to tell you something. It's really important. He's like, okay, what? And I said, you know, I had this revelation today. You know, you were the center of my world. And I said, and please take this the right way. I love you dearly, but you're not, you're on the back burner in my life now because this baby is everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't believe how much I'm in love with this child. <laughs> And you, there's not enough room right now, like for me to give you all of the attention, whatever. And he burst out laughing. I go, what's so funny? He goes, I was going to tell you the same exact thing. So isn't that so cute that we were on the same page and we didn't want to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're, you're tapped out. Right. You, you have to, de- you really have to make that determination of where are my priorities for right now, right? Mm-hmm. As a mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I see this with new moms and dads now who are either have a business or work, you know, working their way up the career ladder. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell them, and I use that word grace a lot, give yourself grace because you can't be everything to everybody. And at the end of the day, if you're not even true to yourself, you're, you're, you're failing everybody. Right. Mostly yourself. And this is a journey that mm-hmm. you, and what are you teaching your kids? And, you know, mm-hmm. all these other things. And, it, it, you know, even if you don't have kids, what, what are you teaching others who are viewing you, you know, thinking that I have to work harder and hard, harder seven days a week, 15 hour days. That's really borderline insanity when you think about it. Cause no right. human, we do, we're not built that way. Right. No. No. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's not sustainable. Right. Like we treat ourselves like robots when we're not. Yep. 
Yeah. But to add just maybe two more strategies to what we were talking about there, you know, another one is just acknowledging that the change starts within us. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we begin to celebrate our achievements, so again, right, whether it's reflecting in our mind or grabbing that journal, I I find it extremely powerful. It's so different. It's profoundly more powerful when we get pen to paper and we write out these things. So I highly encourage that. But every day, just taking two minutes, I promise you, it's not an exaggeration. It's actually two minutes. Put it, put your journal beside your bed. It's on your bedside table. So it's that visual cue that even if you had a busy day, you look at it right before you go to bed. You can lay in bed and grab and just, you know what, what can I, what did I achieve today? What are my accomplishments? What can I celebrate? And when we begin to acknowledge that our achievements are a direct result of our own actions, that helps to change the mindset, the perspective. It allows us to begin to form these beliefs and see that we do deserve the success we're creating. It's not fluke. It's not because somebody else just got us that position. Yeah. Right. It's all because of our own hard work, our own abilities, our knowledge, our skills, our qualities. And then the last one I would say is there is incredible impact in working with a mentor, right? Maybe that's a mentor in your workplace. Maybe it's outside of there. But when you find somebody who can efficiently and effectively direct you through that journey, they can address stories and beliefs and thought patterns that are occurring at a subconscious level that you're not even aware of that's currently holding you back from the same level of success that you desire, right? Like for me, how I just describe it, and I found it really impactful when I was kind of came up with this was from a place of my own personal and miserable experience, trying to figure it out on my own was like trying to dig a swimming pool with a spoon, right? Digging through that clay, that hard soil while hiring a mentor is like hiring an excavator to get the job done right? They can do the job effectively, efficiently, and they do it in record time compared to trying to just figure it out on our own when we've already been doing that for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah. So, you know, and sometimes that's scary admitting that, oh, I can't do this on my own, or I need help. That must make me broken. It's not true, right? Like there's a quote by Helen Keller, alone, we do so little together. We do so much. Yeah. It's because we can do so much more on a personal level and at a professional level when we have a team to support us, each person bringing their unique gifts. Yeah. So, and it, it, you know, this is our head games that we play with ourselves are, it, it's crazy. And I don't think we realize it. And, mm-hmm. and I'll, we're almost out of time, but I do want to share another story. So, you know, I have elder parents. My, my mom recently passed away, right? And I have kids. They're still home. They're working, but they're, you know, graduated college, the whole thing, but they're still home. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a husband and all of these things and his, my, my mother-in-law is still alive. So we are the sandwich generation. And when mm-hmm. COVID hit, all of my business stopped. My husband had lost his job, right? We had no income coming in. We had money in the bank, thank God. And trying to rebuild. And my mom took a turn for the worse. Mm-hmm. And the demands of COVID her in the hospital. She couldn't communicate. We were trying to navigate. I had deadlines. I was trying to meet new clients. I was trying to develop new business because I had no income coming in. The bills kept coming in and the kids needed me. And my, and I remember thinking life is joyless. I had that thought. I thought I have no joy. I have no fun. I don't laugh anymore. All I do is I work, go to the hospital. I do it. It was duty, 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 duty. And there was no time to even self-reflect on what I needed. It, it was so, um, 
uh, what's, what's a good word, oppressive mm-hmm. and fail failure. That that's, that that's probably a, a good word. I felt I was failing everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. in my life would, can you do this? I can't do that because I'm well, and, and, and the guilt was, was insurmountable. And then I reached a point where I, I remember coming home to my husband and say, I can't do this anymore. I'm miserable. I'm not happy ever, ever with mm-hmm. even with my new clients. And I'm excited to work with them. It's like, oh, I have no time to do this today. It was drudgery and misery. And I, 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 I really came to the realization that that was my fault, right? That I allowed this to happen and that boundaries needed to be very clear. And I got very clear with my family here at home, as well as my siblings and my dad, that I cannot, and I can do this, I can't do this. And, you know, people's feathers got ruffled. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm telling you, Jen, I I was, I would have ended up in the hospital had I continued on that trajectory, because it's too much. It's too much for one person to take on that burden of everything. And and listen, my siblings did their job. My, my family did theirs, but I felt I had to do more. I had to do more because I'm an overachiever and there it's a very slippery slope for, Mm -hmm. for people like us, like we're talking about. And People who are working moms and dads or, you know, where you're working and you do, you're the caregiver at home. It, it You need help so that your message of reaching out and saying, hey, I need help. I can't do this. It's not vulnerability. It's it's really survival. And, mm-hmm. and we don't want to. And here's the other thing we can end on this. I don't think life should be about surviving. I think it should be about thriving because when yes. we're thriving, yes. we're, we're bringing everybody with us, man. We're rising and we're bringing people up with us. And that's where we should be playing. And unfortunately, easier said than done. Listen, I, I know it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any last words of wisdom, my friend? Um, no, it just reminds me of like one of my favorite quotes. I don't know if I made it up or what it is, but it's like, you are meant for so much more than simply just surviving. You are meant to be thriving, right? So it's just like a reminder to all of us that we're not imposters. It's okay to make mistakes, see them as opportunities to develop, to grow, right? We are all here. We're remarkable, capable individuals and life can be so joyous if we choose to find a way to make it that way. And, and it's a choice and life is life, right? We have death. We have mm-hmm. there bad things happen to all of us. None of us escape when none of us yeah. have a, a, a perfect life. That's, that is such an ridiculous thought that you think you can have a perfect life, whatever perfect means. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other thing though, those boundaries help yes. us save ourselves because right. It's like the airplane. They say, put your mask on before the child's or someone you're caring for, because if you go down, they can't help you. So right. what, and, and now, now they're in distress because you're not able to breathe because you didn't put your mask on first. So it's the same thing, but Jen, we forget, we forget mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we do, we think that we're Atlas and we could take the, the worries of the world on our shoulder and it just doesn't work that way. Really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. percent Everybody. I love Jen. I think she's brilliant. And just, I think what she's doing out in the world is transformational and needed because we do need somebody from the outside, sometimes clearing the muddied water for us, right? We're standing in water. We know what to do, but we don't know that step to take because the, the next stone that we should stand on is muddied. And then Jen comes in and she's like, Oh, let me help you. Let me bring out my magic wand. I'm making you a fairy now, right? She's got a magic wand and she'll clear that muddy water for you. So you clearly see that next stepping stone. So please reach out to her email is Jennifer at Jennifer 
kiebel.com. I will put it in the show notes. I will put her LinkedIn. Her website is under construction. She's revamping, um, creating a whole bunch of cool things for everybody. But I will put her LinkedIn information because you do articles and stuff like that. You're always sharing content. I'm always sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So people will find relevance in that. And the last thing is we have a link that I will put in the show notes and it's a beautiful offer. Tell everybody what your uh, 30 day uh, offer is for them because it's very generous. And I am so appreciative of this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have created a beautiful community and sanctuary that's designed for, sorry, men on this one. This one is for women, Um, but it's designed for women to really feel and step into that wholeness. What does it feel like to be complete, right? So what does it feel like to create that holistic life where you're accelerating in your career? You're accelerating on a personal level. Your relationships are thriving, right? You have that fire inside of you that's burning. So in that sanctuary, I provide tools to be able to help you do that. It's anything from a guided journal, which I'm happy to send to the the men specifically, if that's helpful. Um, But it's anything from a guided journal to, you know, a 30 second audio to get you in the right mindset in the morning up to, you know, an hour and 15 minute full video to guide you through a process and everything in between. There's a community that's a part of it because I believe in the power of community, right? We don't have to do this alone and we're incredibly more powerful, especially when we're around other people who are striving for that same level of success, a level of success that doesn't just look good on the outside, but feels good on the inside. So the gift that I'm offering is a free 30 day access into this membership. And, you know, there's one uh, monthly coaching call. That's a part of it every single month. So you get to come on and perhaps you're the type of person that just wants to listen in and learn from others experience. Beautiful. Or perhaps you want some of that one-on-one coaching on that call. It's there for everybody if they choose. Oh, Jen, thank you so much. And for the dudes listening, my man, um, this is a nice thing. If you have a daughter who's just starting their journey or a working mom, that's a daughter or niece or a wife, Mm -hmm. this might be a great resource to share with them. And dare I say, do it together, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Because now- we really, we open, I think, another line of communication within the marriage or with you and your child, if it's a daughter who's starting her journey. Um, what a great conversation. And I, I think it would be appreciated. And if you share and again, do it together. I just love that. Thank you so much for, mm-hmm. for being so generous with the 30 day mm-hmm. access to that live stuff, as well as the downloadable journey uh, journal, which they could use long mm-hmm. after. Um, so check it out. That will be in the show notes as well. Um, Jen, thank you so much. This is such an important topic. And I really feel men and women, we all suffer. For, I don't think anybody really escapes this. Mm-hmm. I think you you see people who you think, well, they've got it all together. I guarantee there's a level of imposter syndrome within them too. We all have it. So this is such a a cool topic, but I think men and women alike really, really can benefit from this. So thank you again for sharing your zone of genius with us. Um, I know I always learn something from these shows. Uh, as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I love this conversation. So thank you. And thank you to everybody listening as well. Oh, oh, really, really enjoyed it as well. And you know, at the end of the day, Jim, what I learned today, we're all human. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? We all put our pants on or, or, or <laughs> pantyhose women. We all put them on at the, the same way. So yeah, I, I love it. Uh, thank you again. <laughs>
And I hope you will all join me weekly as we question, build, and discover no matter where you are on your journey of change, you fill in the blank. I truly hope that my guests and I provide some good insight, ideas, strategies, thought-provoking topics. Even if you're not ready to honor where you are and, and maybe you're not willing to give yourself grace yet, that's okay. No judgment, right? Maybe a month from now, you'll come back and listen to this episode and the timing will be better. You have to choose your journey of change. I just hope that my conversation and Jen's conversation, us sharing some of our own vulnerabilities speaks to you so that you can choose to use that 30-day access, fill in that journal, connect with, with Jen just on LinkedIn and follow her if that will help you. Again, you want to kind of be on the sidelines wherever you are. I truly hope that the information and inspiration from today guides you one more step further um, as you change your life, change your career, whatever, wherever you are again on that journey of change. Jen, thank you again. Thank you all for tuning in. You've been listening to Enlightenment of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I wish you an inspired week filled with change that you choose so that you can really create the life that you deserve, that you, you're passionate about, and that you're seeking. It's easier than you might think. And again, I hope Jen and my conversation today help you on that. Please have a wonderful week filled with love and joy. I will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate you and I'm honored to have you on this journey of change with me. Enjoy everyone. Thanks again.